Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I'm your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and this is our special Valentine's Day episode of the show, where you will be able to hear a needless commentary on the cult classic The Crow. I know we're not in optimal Valentine's Day timing, that would have been next week, but uh, this has been a tough week for me, thanks to the passing of my grandmother, uh, my my last remaining grandmother, and uh, I've had to kind of push things around a little bit, because that's what you do, uh, to travel up to North Carolina and, and just do a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, you, you don't want to do when you lose someone, which of course is the first part of not wanting uh, things. So... If you want to hear more about that, uh, my feelings about that, my memories about that, you can hear it on yesterday's episode of the Patron Cast, which is exclusive to those uh, who are over on supportphantom.com. So go check that out. Uh, see what donation level makes sense for you and help a brother out. Uh, in other news... During today's episode, where myself, Ryan Cadaver, the Rad Ranger, and Howdy Mike Gordon watch The Crow and provide our commentary, you will also hear commentary from my three dogs. Uh, and th this is totally my fault because we recorded this. It, it is easiest, as you guys know, it's very difficult to get people together. It, it just is. So it's very easy, or it's easiest, to get everybody together for a commentary before a WWE event. Uh, formerly known as pay-per-views, but no longer known as pay-per-views, because you're not paying per view, you're paying per month. And uh, that's really enough about that. But anyway, so the guys were over, and WWE it moved the time of the Royal Rumble up to 7 o'clock, and I didn't compensate for that with our recording time, so we had a couple of people arriving as we were uh, finishing up the Crow commentary. And my dogs, of course, being the wonderful mutts that they are, feel the need to herald everyone's arrival by barking their crazy heads off and sounding like a herd of cattle running around upstairs right on top of the phantom zone because the area of the house where house where we receive guests is of course above the phantom zone so when somebody gets here you will hear very clearly the dogs going insane and and then what sounds like a mass of buffalo moving across the ceiling uh, it, it only happens a couple of times and it's it's not as long as it probably seemed like it was at the moment as we were trying to record, but there's not a damn thing I can do about it, and it's, you know, it's life here in the Phantom Zone, or at least it's life when there is a WWE event and people are arriving for it. So that's on me, and I will do better in the future with coordinating scheduling. Like I said, things have been a little hectic and mucked up 
due to the unex well not unexpected passing but you know anyway so i had to go up to north carolina this week didn't really have time i didn't have time for a post wednesday on needlessthingssite.com and uh just haven't had time for a whole lot of things as a matter of fact today i'm kind of rushing this to get it done because i have a, a lot of things that i have to do but you guys uh, you guys take priority because i gotta get the episode of the show out every single friday and if you appreciate that one of the best things you can do is go to needlessthingsite.com uh go to that amazon box and you don't have to buy what shows up in the box all you have to do is click on it and then from there navigate through amazon buy whatever you want and needless things gets a little kickback from every purchase you make and it doesn't cost you anything extra so go to needlessthingsite.com click on the amazon box and do all your shopping through there uh, really quickly, before we move into the commentary, I just want to mention the the Royal Rumble because that was the WWE event. I would love to do an episode on this thing because it it deserves it, I feel like. And, and apparently there are some mixed views on how it went. I, In hindsight, I think it was a great pay-per-view. Uh, no, of course, I didn't want Randy Orton to win the Royal Rumble. But if that's the guy that's going to win, they did it in the best way possible because... He, he got, when, when he did win, he got a, well, at least it wasn't Roman Reigns pop. And while that's not the best kind of pop you can get, a pop is a pop, and uh, you'll take it no matter how cheap. Uh, that, that's a lesson we all learned from Uncle Mick Foley. So anyway, you guys, I, I got to move this thing along. Grab your copy of The Crow, put it into your digital video disc player, or uh, if you did buy the Blu-ray like our pal Ryan Cadaver, uh, Pop it into your Blu-ray player and listen along as the Needless Things or Regulars uh, actually are a little reverent about the movie. Uh, we we tend to poke more fun at Rad Ranger than we do the movie because there's really not much to joke about uh, with The Crow, but there's plenty to joke about with our, our dear, dear friend, Rad Ranger, uh, or as I like to call him, Mr. Beardy Beer. <laughs> Thing, reinforce the rule of no speaking along with the movie. Well, it'll Pick just off. be subtitles now, so it'll be fine. Right. So I'd be reading aloud. Oh, gosh. No. I don't <laughs> need that either. Uh, so for the listeners, it is time for another needless commentary. Today, in honor of Valentine's Day, we're watching The Crow because... What? Because it's my favorite movie. No, what's the tagline? Oh, because true love never dies. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I wanted from you. I was like, which part of my stupid obsession with this movie do you want me to talk about now? <laughs> well, that's that's the, the one we wanted off, off the gate. So, for those of you listening at home, it is now time to put in your DVD or Blu-ray. We're watching the DVD, the two-disc Miramax special edition. It does not contain um, any of the trailers. Right, it has no trailers because the trailers are embarrassingly bad, which we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, And the Blu-ray I do not have because it's a bare-bones Blu-ray that I don't think even has a, a nice transfer on it. So until they do a special edition of this thing, until yeah. they do a shop ha- factory special edition, right? I have the Blu-ray, and I, I think I got like in the like the Walmart 
like seven dollar Blu-ray right, event. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's like there's nothing on it. Yeah, it's just it's the movie. Just the movie. And yeah, it doesn't look any better than what we're watching. <laughs> so, as far as we're concerned, there is no Blu-ray. Yeah. So, so the Shout Factory releases one. How, however, you're watching it, uh, put in your copy of The Crow and follow along at home. As we, oh damn it, it's still at the the titles. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so we got to go to chapter selection. I'm going to go all the way. Opening, Murder and Fire. That sounds awesome. Oh. <laughs> yes. All now right. it's starting. The Dimension logo. Does Dimension even exist as a studio anymore? Uh, I'm just going to say no, and we're going to move on. So, The Crow came out May 13th, 1994, three days uh, after my 18th birthday. And... I don't believe I saw this in the theater. I, I, I don't even remember really the first time that I saw it. Uh, and I, I wanted to sit down before we started recording, before we did our first uh, watch through, we watched the trailers that are available online because they're not on this DVD. And we found out they're not on this DVD because they suck. For some Real odd bad. reason, they're very like generic, uh, utilitarian trailers they don't use any of the music from the incredible soundtrack instead it's a bunch of orchestral like it's almost presented as like a quasi action movie and it's definitely not that well the if if you guys go online and look at the trailers uh, i can see where 18 year old me would have looked at that and thought this is not a movie I'm interested no, in. No, it looked kind of lame from the trailer. Yeah. Which uh, is not lame, but it... And it definitely, like, it had the... the it looked like it was, like... They they were trying to go with the Tim Burton-y kind of, like, uh, themes with the music and everything. Maybe, yeah. like... Oh, I think, yeah, you might you yeah. might be right Maybe with that. That like is kind of... Right, they are trying to play off of that. Cause they're this like, was, oh, it's another comic book. Right, right, right. And uh, but whenever I did eventually see it, uh, apparently I loved it because I went right out and bought the trade paperback of the collected comics because the edition I have has the memorial for Brandon Lee in the front. So this is post movie yeah, collection. Yeah, what I have as well. No. Uh, but sitting here with me because it's not all about me always. Uh, we have, as always, Ryan Cadaver. What's up? How's it going? I'm drinking beer. And the Red Ranger. Hello. And this is Red Ranger's this ultimate is, favorite yeah, sex yeah, fantasy is, of all time. This is yeah, exactly that. Uh, yeah, this is probably I can't think of another movie I like better. This is probably my all time most favorite movie. And unfortunately, our pal Arian couldn't be here with us today. Uh, the day job called away, and we all know how painful that is. But we do have, by his own personal request, and, and I quote, oh, I'd like to get in on that one, uh, we do have Mike Gordon. How's it going? Howdy. Uh, thanks uh, for allowing me to be here. I, I like this movie quite a bit as well. So, And it's it's what happened is I watched it a couple months ago again just because it's in my collection and it's it's a good flick and I watch it. It's not an annual one for me, but, you know, it's every few years and I put it in. And as I was sitting here, I was like, oh, I know I know Ranger likes this movie. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. And, and in a demented way, this is a very appropriate Valentine's Day movie. Uh, and I sat down, and, you know, after 15 minutes, I had that thought. And I was like, oh, well, I'll save it for then. But then I just left it playing because it's that good. And I was like, I'll have no problem watching this again in a couple of months. It's it's that good of a movie. Very rewatchable. Absolutely. Uh, 
what about you guys? What would you... I know you saw it in the theater immediately. Yeah, yeah, and I don't remember... I don't remember how I first heard about it. Well, yeah, what uh, drew you to it? How, with it, with you loving it this much... Like, I really don't remember. I, it may have just been that my buddy at the time, uh, Ripley, um, a high school friend of mine, said, we should go check this out. It's based on a comic book. And I was like, okay, sure, because in 1994, other than the Batman film, there really wasn't anything that was based on comic books. Before. Right. I don't even think the Blade movies had come out yet. No, Blade was 97. Right. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, and the, I just remember seeing it the first time and absolutely falling in love with it and saying, this is fucking awesome. And uh, I, I saw it in theaters, either in a combination of first run or dollar theaters. I think I've seen it like 20 times. And and I, I've seen it obviously countless times since then. But like literally it would be, if I had nothing going on, which I usually didn't, or I usually did have nothing going on. Uh, I would go Friday, Saturday, and maybe a Sunday matinee, and wow. just see it for like subsequent weekends. Like if there was, if there were no weekend plans, I was going to see The Crow at least once. I have, I have never done that for anything. Right, like that is emotion. That being the case, can I tell you how much it broke my heart when you walked in the door today and did not have a Crow T-shirt? I know. Of some I actually kind. don't. I, I, I don't have any uh, Crow. I have the book, and I have the Eric Draven movie version Funko. Uh, and then the reaction figure. But I actually don't have very much pro paraphernalia. I'm, I'm here in my black shoes, black socks, black pants. I, I don't have a crow shirt, but I am wearing a Sandman shirt, which I think is as close as you can get on the yeah. top oh, scale. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, I, I put on a little guy liner. No, you didn't. No. <laughs> but I really He's was expecting you to come in here with, like, some fishnet sleeves on. <laughs> <laughs> looking like Matt Hardy. I'm disappointed. With the singer of an Please don't man. come in here looking like Matt Hardy. <laughs> like the Willow the Wisp. Oh, boy. Well, that's um, Jeff Hardy, but close enough. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, what about you, Ryan? When did you first discover this uh, this film? Well, well I was, was like two seven when this came out. All right. You can leave now. <laughs> Child. <laughs> but... That being said, I do remember, um, and I, I don't. You were younger than Sarah. You were, you were younger than, you're like, man, that was little. That, I can relate to this kid. You were young enough to think Sarah was hot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd still be cute. Speaking of hot, look at that guy putting that ketchup on that hot dog. Mm. Talking about how they need a flood in Detroit. That's about go, about to go right into Ernie Hudson's mouth. <laughs> yeah, I remember, like, uh, I was obviously obsessed with, you know, the Bat- the Tim Burton Batman movie. And, uh, you and know. I influenced the cartoon. And, uh, <sighs> I was always into comics as long as I can remember. And I was also into, like, kind of, like, spooky horror stuff. Right. Um, you know, that no. came from my dad. Like, so, like, I was always into that. So, like, I was like, oh, cool. It's kind of like a spooky Batman, you know? Like, kind of like a, a horror twist on, like, you know, comic books. I'm like, this is pretty cool. And at the time, I didn't really realize that, you know, that's actually pretty common, but. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it was kind of neat, and then I also remember there's a lot of controversy. I remember my parents talking about the controversy around the movie because of what happened, and, yeah. and I think that was in the news quite a bit. You know, when this came out, um, the controversy surrounded the Brandon Lee thing. Yeah. Well, and that's that's a very good segue because I want to uh, kick it over to Mike now. And one, what are your what are your first memories of seeing the movie? And two, I feel like your recollection of of the Brandon Lee of what happened might be a little better than ours. I'm the old man, so that's what I'm saying. Maybe <laughs> Ryan's the maybe young it won't man. be. Let's see if I can remember that far back. Um, Ryan had just learned how to tie his shoes when this movie came out. <laughs> so Mike was out of college. So, 
I was at a college. I definitely wasn't old enough to see it either, but my dad, my dad didn't care. He was like, whatever. In fact, I uh, I had just moved to Atlanta when this movie came out. So, uh, so yeah, me and this movie have been uh, have that in common. Um, but I, um, I, my my backstory is that I I was into uh, you know alternative music, what we called it at the time in the eighties, and uh, the Cure and Susie and the Banshees, Bajas, that kind of stuff. And of course, I, I big comic guy. Uh, I didn't get the Crow comics when they first came out, but I do remember. Uh, seeing them on the shelves in in the early nineties. Well, even you were young when they first came out. Yeah, because I was just out of co- I was eighty one. Yeah. Just out of college, I graduated of college in nineteen ninety, and then uh, I moved to Florida. And I remember going to a comic shop and going, "Wow, I've been out of it for a little while." As far as comics goes, there's some really cool stuff happening. And I do remember on that visit seeing like the Crow issue three or four. Mm-hmm. But I was like, "Oh, I don't want to join it midway." So. But I'm like, it does look interesting. And uh, and when the movie came out, obviously there was a buzz about it because of what had happened. And uh, and by that time, I already knew that it was it was in a gothic setting. You know, it looked it looked like it had that kind of it looked like it was in my wheelhouse completely. And I still will venture that that the soundtrack for me personally is one of my favorite soundtracks ever. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let let's uh, real quick. I want to run down the soundtrack because at this point in the movie, I mean, it's we know what's up. We, we understand what's going on. Uh, we have not seen the flashbacks in their entirety yet. Uh, he's just come out of the grave, uh, but I want this. This is a huge moment in grunge slash I, I don't. I don't feel like goth. Uh, not even really. It was well. It was informed by goth because. Is, if you read the comic and you read anything, James O'Barr was a big fan of The Cure and Joy Division. Right. And Joy Division lyrics in particular fueled a lot of the book. But at the time, that goth wasn't But goth wasn't a thing. thing. Yeah, right. goth wasn't a thing at that time. That's this three hot topic. No, it was a thing at this. Well, time. but it wasn't a term. It, it wasn't, wasn't a term, term for yeah, the thing, yeah. though, was it? Yeah. yeah. Were we yeah. calling? I don't remember calling were, my friends. No, goth. no, we were. We were goth in the the eighties and oh really seven eighty six eighty eight uh, there was goth I okay know. okay uh, card carrying member thank you <laughs> yeah, so, well I remember waivers which were the new wave kids waivers which is what you had to sign to be a goth right, right. <laughs> yeah no like we had the the waivers when I first moved from the north to the south it was like the skaters the punks the waivers. And uh, the waivers kind of were like the goth kids. Like, they had the hair parted to one side, they listened to new wave music, and we were lumping The Cure and those kinds of bands under the new wave title. See, I don't I um, don't even... Uh, I, I wasn't aware of goth as a thing. Like, I knew girls in high school that wore lots of black eyeliner and listened to Susie and the Banshees and wore a lot of fishnet or whatever. That's also an issue like, target demographic. It wasn't really... Did you say that's your target that's demographic? target demographic. I believe that. <laughs> um, but I just don't remember really hearing the description of or, or the word goth being used as a subcultural descriptive until after I got out of high school. But It definitely was when I was in school. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I remember like... Yeah, when I was in school, I mean, there's literally, like, me and my friends would all hang out, and it was, like, the goth hallway. And, like, we had our own hall that we'd all hang out in between class. 
And like you know, wearing like like me, like wearing like fucking black lipstick. Not a lot's changed. Um, <laughs> you know, listening to uh, all sorts of like you know golf music, and and I was like really big yeah. And that was me, friend of the show, Noel. Uh, in high school, we were in high school together, and then we were kind of in that same sort of. We had the dress in all black hallway. All right, so <laughs> is this? Okay, this, this we're, we're coming scene. up on the yeah. scene. This is it coming up. It's Which, not the actual shot. Yeah, no, no, no. Right, no, right. No, that's not the, the one they use. Contrary to popular opinion right. or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it would be right here. Yeah. It's not the actual... Um, yeah. And that would have been in that, when they were filming that scene. Yeah, because there was... That, yeah, that there's... shot happened. Yeah. But this, this it was filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina, um, which I will be headed there tomorrow, because it is where all of my family is. And my grandmother used to send me news clippings about the movies that were being shot there. And somewhere around here, I've got stuff about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I can't remember what... Uh, several Stephen King movies were shot in Wilmington. And uh, the pre- original press release from the local Wilmington paper about Brandon Lee's death. Yeah. Uh, she w- She would always keep me posted... On whatever was going on, and one of my aunts was actually an extra in a ton of movies. Her her butt can be seen in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> nice. Now that whole scene that we saw the modern day, not the flashback, but the modern day, that was all body double. And then you could tell right. like the hair was in his face the entire time, yeah. and the guy. I mean, I feel like he even looked a little more jacked. Uh, yeah, he's a little bigger. Probably the, probably yeah. the stunt actor, I would guess. Yeah. Uh, but then when he falls out, when you see Eric Draven fall out of the window backwards, that's a composite. Yeah, they, they grandmarf Tarkin'd him before. Yeah, before we. Uh, I know we're going to get into the, the Brendan Lee thing, and I think we definitely should uh, get a moment for that. But just on the Goth thing, there is a, a huge contingent of, of Goth fan of Goths that I know back in the day that signals this movie as the turning point for when Goth really was over. For when it sold out, because it got huge, right? It got yeah, massive. Yeah. Well, because it was shortly after this that Hot Topic became a absolute. Score. Well, yeah. and I think that's a and fair assertion because, because if you look at it, like like really the goth bands that are on this soundtrack, that's kind of their last hurrah. Yeah, <laughs> like like well, the Cure has like one album I think that's really great after this, and then that's it. Eh, and I disagree. Uh, they, they, uh, I wouldn't agree with that. Well, and this was also but. when alternative music was getting more mainstream to begin with. Yes. Like, we literally here in Atlanta had Power 99 becoming 99X. Right. Right. Which basically what happened... 99X was huge when this came out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what basically happened there is that Power 99 just became WRAS album 88. The, the, they basically copied that college format from Georgia State College. And turned it into a, a uh, much larger radio station. Well, I mean, it's better than what it is now. It's like people banging on toilets and screaming. Well, Le- Leslie Fram, who, who is one of the people who was crucial in making all that happen, is yeah. one of my personal heroes. Because I, nice. say, what you, say what you will about 99X oh, like, I love over 99X. the years, but... Oh, I was talking was about college. I was on my college radio. Uh, yeah. I was saying you listen to uh, it yeah, now, it's just like awful. people like screaming and hitting toilets with hammers. Yeah. And, and they're like, it's art. I can do that. <laughs> Leslie Fram yelled at me when I was a bouncer at a concert. Well, I'm sure you were being an idiot. I wasn't. Um, I was standing there so doing my job. The, uh, <laughs> like, on the soundtrack, we've got The Cure, which everybody knows The Cure. Yeah. Machines of Loving Grace, who I like, I know that name. Uh, Machines of Loving Grace are actually an awesome industrial band that were on TVT 
black box records back in the day. Oh, that's that you didn't narrow it down at all. An industrial band on TVT. <laughs> really? I know. <laughs> that's not helpful. No. Um, yeah, they were kind of a lesser known uh, industrial act. Um, they had a few good songs, but I think they mostly only ever got airplay on soundtracks. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots, which the, I, was this their big, their first big hit? Because it's big empty. No, Plush. Oh, Plush was it? Plush, the one where he sounds So they were big better. before this. They had just broke when this came out. Well, I literally thought that Plush was a Pearl Jam song for the longest yeah, time. I was exactly like very that. confused the yeah. first time I saw it on MTV, and I was like, wait, <laughs> this is a different band? They sound <laughs> yeah. exactly the same, which they don't. Now. But to me, who did not like that kind of music at the time, yeah. it all sounded the same. Yeah, they had released Sex Type Thing and Plush. Plush was their big hit, and then this movie came out. And Is that a Crux Shadows thing? Don't you a... dare mention that fucking band. I think it what was, What's your though? problem with Crux Shadows? They just annoy the hell out of me. I think, that, I think there's a fire for the Crux Shadows. Was there? Yeah, that's really? Cool. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. God. Um, Damn, when they're I'll have to. Fire. I'll have to ask yeah. next time I have Rogue on the show. Um, Nine Inch Nails. I just talk shit about a, a friend of the show. Nine Inch Nails, uh, one of my favorite bands of all time, doing a Joy Division cover. So yeah. that's got to be like one of the most depressing <laughs> songs of all time, <laughs> right? Like a, yeah, right. Yeah. Double down on the golf thing, golf. And then Rage Against the Machine, one of the worst bands of all time, uh, with uh, whatever. Violent Femmes. A little weird. It's out, them, out of place, but, but, it, it fits. but yeah. the song that they did is really, yeah. really. See, I'm trying to, I'm trying to to place it in my head. And I can't very, remember which very one goofy. it is. Please don't start singing it. Uh, and then Rollins <laughs> band, Rollins band, also a band that I love a lot, but uh, worst thing. worst song they've ever done. And it's about Ghost Rider. And it's about Ghost Rider. Which, yeah, and it is literally about Ghost Rider. Right, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not just a song the, called Ghost Rider. It's the lyrics are Ghost Rider, motorcycle hero. Right, right. Uh, really, Riding around with his head on fire. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, it's probably the weakest entry on the album. Yeah, right? yeah, it is, and it's it's one of the worst songs Rollins ever recorded. Uh, then Helmet, who, who's I I want to love, I love live, but I just can't. I don't know. There's there's one album that has uh, Frank Bella from Anthrax on it, and maybe it's one or two of them. Yeah, and uh, that album is amazing. I yeah. can't, it's one of their later ones. Well, I think uh, they're really good. Too. I just don't. I don't yeah, know. I, really, I, I, I don't I, like a lot of. Them I got stuff. one of their albums, and it was just like, is this just one song yeah. for 35 minutes? Yeah, they have a very distinct sound. Yeah. Yeah. In every song. So yeah, it's they're great live. They're really good live. They're fucking loud live. And Jesus. They're, uh, well, one of the best shows I've ever seen was Helmet, Sausage, and Rollins Band. It was fucking oh, phenomenal. Man, that would have been amazing, yeah. yeah. But, I just uh, saw Helmet recently. They played the Betty album in its entirety at the 40 Watt. And, uh, you know, Helmet, when they're part of a soundtrack or something, which they were on tons of in the 90s. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, they're a welcome injection of, like, you know, high adrenaline. Kick ass. Yeah. Right. Didn't yeah. they do, they were on Judgment Night, too, weren't they? Uh, yeah, Helmet and House of Pain. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and then, Pantera, hell yeah! Which always. is what? A, what an interesting soundtrack this is yeah. to go from the Cure to Pantera and Helmet and Rollins Band to Violet Femmes to uh, I don't I'm, I'm not familiar. I bet Sean knows though. For love, not Lisa. For love, not Lisa. That's I have yeah. that album. I have seen them Do you live. Really? I have seen them live. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Tell Isn't me that, about for love, not Lisa. Is that, that the, the final song? 
uh, what they do? Slip slide melting? Yeah. Is that for Love Island? Yes, episode? that's correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're in another industrial act. Yeah, a um, friend of mine used to manage them. That's for Love Not Lisa is the band that is playing during the big shootout scene. Yep. Oh, okay. So that's not yeah. that closing song. It's not that closing song. Okay, okay. That's a, that has a singular name. I can't okay, we'll, I, we'll we'll get to it. It's on here. Uh, Thrill Kill Cult, which which is another of my absolute favorite bands. I fucking love them. Uh, and totally, I mean, yeah. they they are <laughs> make sense for this. Yeah. And are in the big club scene. Uh, which where else would they be? Jesus and Mary Chain, who is one of those bands that I respect quite a bit, but are not my thing. They were huge during grunge. Like, yeah. They like they yeah, were yeah. like super super. Oh, I, was, I saw them live yeah. several times. On like I think they played a Lollapalooza. They played a Ninety Nine X Big Day Out. Like they, I, I saw them. They were like second level grunge. Like yeah, first level. Right, right. Everybody like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. Yeah, and they were one of the supporting acts. Yeah, but then you had like that second level of like, oh, we like Screaming Trees and. Uh, but the people that love Jesus and Mary Chain truly love them. Yes, as yes, opposed yes. to like I like Pearl Jam. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Like you were you were really into that music scene. If you like Jesus and Mary Chain, Dinosaur Junior, I feel like was another one that. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good call. Uh, Medicine. Medicine. I had to look them up. They're the the act that is singing when uh, oh, okay. the chick in the lingerie. oh the bond chick. Yeah, yeah. And uh, finally. It Can't Rain All the Time by Jane Syberry, Sibery, I don't Sibery, know. I think, yep, I don't know. Yep. She might be Welsh, so maybe it's probably like Shabara. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shabara. It's, it's Sean S-E-A-N. <laughs> it's probably entirely like, her name is Shafar. So what is, what you you like well, I like song? that song. I, I, like, I, I'll, I will go in that camp too. I like that song. And yeah. look, I like, there. there's girly music that I like. I'm not gonna lie, but that's not one of them. That song is just the right kind of moody, and it's, um, it felt like a less pretentious Sinead O'Connor song. That well, was that's more a, sad. That's a that's a low bar. Yeah, I know. Getting uh, less pretentious than Sinead O'Connor. It, yeah, <laughs> you don't have to not, work hard for that. that um, but I like it. it. She's not the best singer in the world. Uh, there was actually a, a, I think it was the American Sci-Fi Classics track Facebook page. I feel like there's not enough gang members that are really good with knives nowadays. <laughs> I agree. True. You yeah. don't have a lot of knife masters out there. Yeah. Can we bring that back for like Daredevil or Punisher maybe? We need How to, do we yeah. not? How is Bullseye not like Well, they didn't want to they didn't want to unload Bullseye in the first season. You can't just throw him out there. Because yeah. everybody still remembers Colin yeah, Farrell pretty clearly. Yeah, this is true. You're gonna have to have a, a powerful presence to to erase the yeah. memory of Colin Farrell. Yeah, this is what is in time. That research. chick looks rough. She's just <laughs> oh the whole band is out. Wow. It's like she's like, I look at Courtney Love and I think, how can I make that look worse? Was she a thing in ninety four yet? Courtney Love. Yeah, I guess she, she was, started, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Hole's first album was probably out by then, huh? Yeah, yeah. And Kurt was dead by then. Had he had he done yeah. that? Yeah. Cause that happened right before I graduated. And okay. I graduated ninety three. Okay. Yeah, I oh, was that's only, right. I always forget you're that I'm much a, older than me. Yeah, a, a year. <laughs> Shut up. Also, I graduated early. It must have been far a apart. tough year. Yeah. I, my birthday fell in a weird way. I actually should have been in your grade. Well, so go to hell. I do think there's that okay. Time. I've got to talk about my ignorance for a second. I cannot freaking believe this is Tony Todd. <laughs> I like I said at the beginning. I watched this a couple months ago. 
And you guys came in today, and we were talking about the cast of the movie, and you're like Tony Todd. And in my head, I was like, Tony Todd's not in this fucking movie. What are you guys talking about? I seriously, as you were talking, we're like, you guys are idiots. Because my assumption was, there was no way it was this guy, the slick guy. Yeah, yeah. His second-hand man, because that's just not, he's some slick, you know, black, like, smooth, like, your typical consigliere black guy type yeah. guy, and it's not Ten Ten. No, no. Tony Todd's not in this fucking. It's not Ernie Hudson. Yeah, right. They're confused, and then I look it up, and that's Tony Todd. Now that yeah. I'm looking at him, even now, looking directly at him in the movie, yeah. it's hard to reconcile that with Candyman. Everything about it, like his mannerisms, is like his hair, his facial hair. Like he looks, he he looks totally different. He presents himself totally different. And, well, and of course, the answer to that sort of thing is always it's called acting, dumb dumb. Yeah, right. And but a good actor. Like yeah. my 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 dumb dumb is strong on this one. I'm having a tough time with it, but it's freaking Tony Todd. Yeah. Can we talk about? Well, you were can we talk about that sweet titty? Well, yes, yeah, yeah, we boob. No, I was going to talk about like how Uber Uber Goth, this like room is that they're in that's above their club. Every time it shows them, they're like doing super goth shit. Like right. they're looking at like tombstone snow globes, right? And they're fucking burning incense and doing they, cocaine. They don't have regular dancing. lights; they have candles. Yeah, I feel lights. like if this movie was remade, these two would have a YouTube show that would be like goth talk from Saturday Night Live. It would, <laughs> yeah, as real where they would do right, they would do gothy things in their crazy studio apartment. Yeah, yeah it's almost like. It's like it, it's like a um, I don't know. It, I, I sorry to explain. It's show, like a character the eyeball again. Here's yeah. my crazy I eyeball. Sh- yeah, exactly. What would happen if they? It's like a cartoonish <laughs> version of goth, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, it's so goth. It's, it's so not, goth that it's not. Yeah, that it's not even. Have, have you ever, it, in your years as a goth individual like <laughs> Gordon, have you ever been in a place that gothy? I, you know, I I must say that I have. Nice. So, I were you in Florida at the time? Because I feel like Tampa. I, you know what? Had to be in Tampa. I, I, I actually no. I, I I hung out with a great goth goth couple in Orlando. They're dear friends. I don't know what happened to them. So they moved it, to Tampa. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, no. I think to. they moved. Oddly enough, I think they moved to Seattle. Oh, they traded in their, their black sweaters for. But Matt and Anna, if you're still out there and together, I, I miss you. Contact me. There you I go. I see pictures of a young Mike Gordon goth. Oh, hell yeah. There are no pictures. Yeah. I, I really... Because I, you yeah. don't show up on film? <laughs> <laughs> That's how goth he was. Yeah. But, uh, I'm so goth I don't have a reflection. <laughs> I tried to get my hair as long as uh, Michael Wincott's there, but it just... I I guess seen some, I've seen some. You've put up some pictures of long hair. I got it close, Yeah, I got it close, yeah. but I not to the the volume that he has. I mean, I'm I'm in awe of his hair. As the keeper of all things tiki, I can't imagine you in anything other than a straw hat and Isn't a white shirt. Yeah, I've done it. And and those people who hung out with me then are probably like, what? They go to my Facebook page. And go, what is that? What is happening? It's nothing but fucking tiki mugs. He invented himself. <laughs> yeah, well. He's hanging out with once, mermaids. Once goth went popular, I was like, you know what? I, I need well, to Well, yeah, it's hard to be all like badass and anti-establishment when <laughs> I mean, you're going to go to the mall and they stuff. all go to the mall. <laughs> when Saturday Night Live starts making fun of you, you're like, okay, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this, this movie was directed by Alex Proyas, 
who it's really weird because this movie's really good. Like there's the subject matter. You know, when you're watching a movie, there's always this balance of like how good is the acting, how interesting is the subject matter, how well is it shot, how good is the dialogue, and all those things have to come together to make a movie entertaining. I'm not going to say the word good, but entertaining. Yeah. Like, I can accept this movie... Subjectively good for a particular audience. Yes, and yeah. there are different levels of that. Like, okay, well, this this satisfied me, or I fucking love this. Yeah. And The Crow... That's a good movie. ...nails it yeah. pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Like, there's some corny dialogue. Yeah. Like that's what the crap? the crap? What are you doing, <laughs> asshead? <laughs> Shit on me! Right. <laughs> Shit on me! But it's consistently, I, I would say, very, very good yeah. from beginning to end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alex this, Proyas also directed Dark City, which I is pretty acclaimed. Yeah, I, 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 I love Dark City. Dark City. Yeah. I, Robot. Didn't I didn't hate it. it. And Gods of Egypt. Oh, oh the most damn. recent one? Dude, that movie flopped hard. Because it's <laughs> now, in Egypt and it's a bunch of white dudes. It's a bunch of white dudes CGI. Now, well, in, his, in his defense, right? He makes this movie. Those movies are after this one. Now, I think a lot of people, cast, crew, everybody was affected by what happened on the set in this movie. Yeah. Right. And, and for them to continue on with their careers... At, at the same level, I don't think you can expect that. So uh, I will give Alex a pass. Oh, well, I don't know about iRobot, and that could be just because it was a Will Smith thing, and I think he's notorious for like sort it. of making I, the movie I that he it. wants to make. It wasn't um, good, but it was fun. But Dark City was a very he nice said, follow-up. You just said Dark City. And I, that's where, we're, <laughs> that's where <laughs> we are right now. Yeah, right, we're in the heart of Dark City. <laughs> You're but, the mayor. But I think, you know, if you take Dark City and you take The Crow, those are both very, very like, dark it's Super movies. dark, yeah. So if, yeah, visionary if, if Alex didn't want to go down that dark road again... Yeah. And well, he, made, he didn't. Right. He didn't. And, and I don't, and I can't blame him. Well, and the thing is with Dark City, you know, you think, well, he followed up with Dark City, but chances are Dark City was already Sorry, underway this could have been when this yeah. Yeah. Oh, was absolutely. happening. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I was like, uh, what, a year after? And I will also yeah, say, yeah, as, far as, as far as, no, Dark City was 98, but it, oh, uh, it was okay. definitely in the works when this was happening. But I will say, Alex Proyas is a white guy from Egypt. <laughs> yeah. So so he just hired all his buddies, and and he also it's, I didn't see the movie, but I saw a trailer. It looked like a really bad cutscene from a I, video game. I have tried to watch it twice because I thought for sure it would be something I would enjoy. Yeah, because I love cornball, over the top, ridiculous yeah. action. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it looks. Um, Man, I'm not even saying you don't have white. Yeah, I didn't even know he directed but, that. It seemed like it was I don't know some attempt to recreate 300. Yeah, it was like yeah. 300 in Clash of the Titans. It's not. No, it's not that. Well, yeah, it's it's definitely wants to be Clash of the Titans in Egypt. Wait, which if you're going to set yourself a goal, like <laughs> you should set yourself a little higher than that. <laughs> Clash of the Titans remake. Yeah, unfortunately, I want to make yeah, it. Well, that's what I was going to say. Unfortunately, it's more like the Clash of the Titans <laughs> remake. Yeah, 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 in Egypt. Yeah, yeah which is what you're going to get out of Hollywood now. Right. Yeah. Uh, you guys were making the point before that. This scene in the movie that, that we're watching right now in the pawn shop is the one that's closest to the comic. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. Yeah, very I mean, much so. Yeah, I um, think they they took almost even when I was flipping through it, I recognized that scene immediately. Yeah, and I could tell. And like you were talking about with the character, like the casting of the pawn shop owner is amazing. 
Yeah, if you look in the comic, uh, which we have sitting here with us, uh, the, the, the drawing of the pawn shop guy looks exactly, exactly like this yeah. actor. He was even wearing the same, same hat. Yeah. 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 It's, it's Gideon's pawn shop. He has a hat that says Gids. <laughs> now, when did you guys... Ryan, have you read the comic? No, no. Uh, I, like I said, I got I got mine after the movie came out, and I've I've maybe read it twice or two and a half times because I I went upstairs and got my copy, and the bookmark was in there. A Goldfinger sticker, by the way, it's the awesome. band, not the movie, uh, was my bookmark the last time I, I left <laughs> off. Mean the last time you read this might have been the nineties. No, it, it probably was. <laughs> it was probably like ninety ninety eight or ninety nine, but. Uh, Sean, were you familiar with the comic prior to the movie, or like, no, I mean, I, you knew it was a comic. Yeah, right? yeah, I'd heard that it was a comic, and obviously, like, when you watch the movies, it's based on, you know. So did you run out and buy the yes, comic immediately? Yeah, immediately went and bought it, okay. sat down and was reading it, and, uh, read it all the way through, like, the, as soon, the first time I read it. Sure. I couldn't put it down, um, and, uh. Was in tears by the time I got done. I yeah, was like, this is amazing. My copy is so so worn out. I've read it so many times. We used it for reference art because, as I was saying, I went through this period where the only thing I could draw was Eric Draper. Oh, here, here let's talk go. about here we go. Let's yeah. talk about that Red Ranger. Uh, so in the Ranger room, uh, listen to Needless Things toy stories from two years ago now. Uh, last year, last year, Joe Yeah, I talk about the 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 Ranger room. Uh, in college, I also was like, "Well, this is my first. I got this room to myself. I can do whatever I want. This is my room." Do you know how on Supernatural, when they know the threat of a demon attack is imminent, they pour salt yeah. around the house to yeah. make sure the demons won't get in. Right. You yep. did the same thing, except it was to make sure sex wouldn't get in. Yes. <laughs> and how? Did, what was your salt? Uh, my salt was I had started, I had a loft bed, so I slept very close to the ceiling, and I started painting Eric Draven, the crow, on the ceiling. A goth dude. Right above where I sleep. What, what portion of Eric Draven? Um, I only finished the face. So. And so, I woke up in the middle of the night and scared the shit out of myself because I had a face staring back at me from the ceiling. And at no point was this being scared was like, what is wrong with me? Why would I do this? No. It was, it was just, totally like, I can paint on my ceiling, so I'm gonna. And yeah, if if it wasn't my roommate's Star Trek shit that was gonna make sure that neither one of us got laid. Yeah, that sounds dumb. It was gonna be my, <laughs> it was gonna be my Power Ranger stuff and Eric Draven painted oh, right wow. above my bed. <laughs> Looks oh. like how you're making fun of your roommate. Yeah, just like Geek motherfucker. Yeah, Star I mean, Trek I'm not stuff. What a fucking nerd! <laughs> Why don't you go talk to Captain Picard, loser? I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay in bed and gaze into Eric Draven's eyes. <laughs> Actually, I was that asshole, the goth icon. I'm because, sure you were. Because the guy also used to change our answering machine because this is the '90s and we had answering machines. Yes, and he bought it, so he considered. So it was his, obviously, yeah, yeah. but we shared the phone number. And he would change the answering machine to be bad impressions of Scotty. And I would get annoyed by it, so I would change the answering machine to, to stuff like, Hey, dumbass made a stupid Star Trek message again. I changed it. We're not here. Needless to say, this guy. And by the way, cool, <laughs> Maybe that explains why birds are so disturbing. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, wait. Okay, we've got all the time. Quick. We've got to pause because, um, 
Dollar Bill. What is his Top name? Dollar. Top Dollar. Top Dollar. I like Dollar Bill. <laughs> Dollar, Dollar Bill, Bill is a snorting a massive. No, that's three dollar bill, y'all. Um, <laughs> snorting a massive amount of something off of this uh, this uh, serving Silver tray platter of Gothic with the same we, hair. We discussed with, earlier with when people in movies are snorting blow. What is prop blow? Right. And we couldn't really come up with an answer because Sarge. anything that you suck up your nose is going to suck. Yeah, yeah. So if you, any of you listeners have any idea what, and we could look it up, but that's not what we're all about here except for Ranger. <laughs> um, if you know what prop blow is, and, and uh, I know every once in a while I think our pal James Bickert might check out the show. He probably knows. Uh, yeah. Also, he might just use real blow, like they probably did in seventies. And, and that's 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 very possible in the seventies movies. But, but that's this one, uh, I'm sure he used something. Uh, like we're talking about talcum powder. That seems like that might be detrimental. It's got to be something that wouldn't irritate. Because I'm thinking like sugar or anything like that is gonna is gonna irritate your like it's just granular. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. Maybe they don't actually snort. Yeah. But I mean, they okay. Here's. Here, maybe this is what they do. One, it's either real cocaine. Yeah. Two, they do the shot, you know, the, the, the actor just sort of moves the straw across the thing, and then they do another shot with, like, a little vacuum cleaner on the yeah. straw. I mean, not literally a vacuum cleaner, some sort of vacuum. To suck it up. And just yeah. show the, because maybe you don't always see the nose. I yeah. don't know. I, I looked it up. What is it? <laughs> what do they do? Uh, it is, it's called... Inositol, it's a B vitamin compound. Oh, so it's good for you. Yeah, it says, in fact, according to this interview, uh, in fact, if you ever snort it, you might get a familiar feeling, a certain memory. Like, I've tasted this in the back of my throat. Um, Because apparently, uh, shitty cocaine is cut with the stuff. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. Well, if I'd known that, I would have gotten some vitamin B for us to snort while we watched the movie. (laughs) Healthy as shit. All right, so Ernie Hudson. We haven't talked a whole lot about Ernie Hudson, who this is, is... This is Ernie Hudson's other movie. This <laughs> <laughs> is the non-Ghostbusters movie. Well, Ernie Hudson's one of those guys that I'm always just delighted to see pop up in anything. Oh, yeah. uh, like, he's the reason I started watching Oz, mm-hmm. uh, which anybody sitting here or listening at home that has not watched HBO's Oz, if you've got a strong stomach... Uh, is that you the one should. With the, the, it's the prison one, the flying monkey. Oh, okay. No, that's not the flying monkeys. <laughs> uh, nothing like the superhero version of the crow that I would make just to piss Sean off, where the crow would literally <laughs> fly around the city by flapping his arms and would use his crow-like feet to pick <laughs> bad guys. Yeah, that would be his call to action. Sounds like this is a job for the crow. And would pick the bad guys up with his crow feet and and fly up into the air and then drop them. You're yeah, in trouble uh, now, ne'er do well. Exactly. And he would he would have a sidekick called Gothi. That would be a little girl. <laughs> that would have to keep flipping her hair out of her face. And she would skateboard, but she it would be a shoulder. It would be a jet <laughs> No, she'd have a jet skateboard. Nah. She'd be like Penny from Inspector Gadget. Mm, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she would just say everything. Well, it can't rain all the time. Yes, that would be her catchphrase. Like any, if she would, before she punched the bad guy in the face. Yeah. I think, I think it can't, it can't pain all the time. Bam! I think it needs to be like going. Jason Statham or, or like Vin Diesel or somebody like oh, that. Oh, totally, yeah. totally. That would, he would be the crow. He'd yeah. have a, he'd have a uh, shaved head. 
and instead of the makeup, it would be just like a mask yes. that he puts on. Crow would have to be an acronym like a plate doctor. C R O. Yes. 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 Cool red overpowered winner. <laughs> <laughs> I could do better, but no, we gotta, gotta, we no, gotta keep going. All right, this right, right. radical orbit winning. Yes, I like that. Uh, so this scene is this is my personal favorite scene yeah, in the movie. Too. This is the scene where, I, for me, I look at Brandon Lee's performance and go, "Holy fuck, this guy is incredible." What else could could he have done? I would have loved to see him. What more. what a loss his talent was. Yeah, because there's just so much like just pure acting in this. Yeah, like it's and all mannerisms, facial features. It's great. not action. It's not well, and that's it. It's the mannerisms. It's while he's telling the joke and the way he's moving around and the little dance he does and just uh, his like yeah, turning the, around. Yeah, right there, yeah. The, the, the face makes him get shot this might be, in the might be typecasting, but I would have loved to have seen him cast as the Joker. I was just thinking sure. the exactly Well, that. absolutely. I mean, that's obviously the inspiration behind that Joker is, mm-hmm. is this. I mean, uh, and that the shot was hugely influential. Real quick, that composite shot of his hand in front of his face was done so skillfully because, you know, at the time we didn't have CG like we know it now, and... They that shot of his hand healing looks incredible. Yeah, yeah. even yeah. even now, uh, just holding the hand still and not trying to move it. The way that they did that was very smart. It yeah. was very well done. Absolutely. Uh, what was not well done was, as Sean pointed out before, <laughs> the hiding of the blood tube for Fun Boy's leg that's clearly <laughs> visible as it falls down. <laughs> yeah, those are some sweet pants. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with those. Uh, but yeah, this whole sequence, man, of, of just him dealing with this junkie who's so high he doesn't understand how scared he should be, and uh, Shelly's mom. I yeah. mean, this is some powerful shit. Oh, he's, yeah. he's got one of my favorite quotes uh, in the movie, which I don't know is is this. Is this quote from when he says uh, in the eyes of children? What uh, is mother is the name of God, God in the hearts and lips of children. Uh, is it's, that it's, his? It's, or is it's, that... it's in the comic, but it's from another, okay, uh, from okay. another writer. It, but it's, it's still... Like a that's a powerful quote. Yeah, yeah, and his delivery of it's so good. And watching the, the, the junk squeeze out yeah. of her uh, the yeah. holes in her arm is just like all and of this is such good stuff. Weirdly, this is one of the brightest scenes in the whole movie. And even though right. it's like it's just gray and dingy. Well and the my gosh, the, the production designers on this movie made the most fucked up, filthy, upsetting version of Detroit. Like even over Robocop, <laughs> which presents a pretty bleak Detroit. Yep. This is upsetting you know, without the content, without yeah. Hell Knight or Devil's yeah, Knight yeah, or whatever yeah. it is, everything that's going on, just looking at the places these characters inhabit is soul sucking. Yeah, yeah. Nice yeah. touch to his makeup. So, in the if you read the comic, they make a point that he gets shot in the back of the head, and he gets shot so hard it causes his skull to crack, and so he gets a scar that goes across the bridge of his nose. Mm-hmm. You don't ever see that happen in the movie, but when you see up close, particularly in this scene. His reflection in the mirror, you can actually see when they did the makeup, they put that scar. Like, there's a light scarring line under his makeup that matches exactly how Eric Draven looked in the comic as well. Well, and as far as the makeup, like, it, it's... 
how how does it look the way it looks? Like as Wait. far as the lived in. Oh, well, so we there's some trivia that says that he didn't like having the fresh paint, which Ryan, you can yeah. Well, then he well yeah. Then he looks like Kiss or yeah. Diamond. Um, so apparently, what Brandon Lee, which is do, an awesome look, but not what yeah, you want. Not, not, yeah, for yeah, not no, for because it's a very grizzled, dark movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently, what Brandon Lee would do is he would put the makeup on at night and then go to bed. Yeah. And then wake up having slept in the makeup. It looks a little and, weathered. Yeah. It looks how, how I do on Monday if we play a show on Sunday. Right. <laughs> going, going to work, people are like, you wearing fucking eye makeup? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> and once again, about? I cannot believe this is Tony Todd. Well, part of it's how slender he is, too. Yeah. He's he's typically a little bulkier and not like fat-wise, but just a bigger dude than yeah. he is in this. And he doesn't quite have the Tony Todd Right. Yeah. So right. it's not uh, well. He's but he's he's a slick guy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. he's solid. I mean, I will say the 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 story as we talked about almost simplifies the comic a little bit and and deviates from it in great detail. But stylistically, like the look of the city, the walking up those stairs, mm-hmm. the hallway, mm-hmm. I feel like. And some of these shots verbatim, like that one that just happened with uh, Draven going out the window backwards. Are lifted directly from the comic. Like, well, that's really he flew out. out. Like, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, exactly what that's why he painted a crow on right. on Fun Boy's chest. I hate there. you all so much. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, for the listeners, here's a little treat. Uh, I, I was hanging out with Ryan the other night and describing uh, Rangers' uh, college dorm room <laughs> painting. And I gave him too much credit and said that it, he had painted the crow like the shape of an actual crow on yeah, his ceiling. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "That's kind of cool, right?" Yeah. Like, I, that's almost <laughs> I mean, that's almost understandable. Yeah, no, yeah. because but what would have happened is today. some dumb redneck would have seen it and be like, "Hey, man, you like Firebirds too? Oh. Smokey and the Bandit, do do do." Hey, whoa, 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 yeah, whoa! Like Settle down, buddy, because Smokey and the Bandit's on our. Uh, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. Commentary. I'm making fun of the people great that like, love yeah. those cars. What, what are rednecks doing in your room? That's well, I went to University UGA. of Georgia. Ah, They're right. kind of like roaches. They just this. show up like, we've got another redneck in the room. Didn't you spray between a guy obs- one of my questions is between a guy obsessing with Star Trek and the other guy obsessing with Star Trek I'm sure the ramifications of that room for decades nobody got laid in that room I'm, like, I'm sure they had to burn it after, after Ranger moved out UGA was like this room is no good they had to do the like post like the the priests come in and cleanse the place. <laughs> They'd have jocks come in and like have it's sex with each other. Fair. It's probably fair. We uh, that was also right when the internet had become a thing, and I was on BBSs on my old computer in my dorm. So I don't like, even know what that means. Yeah, yeah exactly. Is that big beautiful? No, no. bulletin board. System. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. You dialed bulletin board. <laughs> BBW, big beautiful women. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Like big beautiful sisters. Who isn't? What? Uh, so, uh, my question is about the makeup, because obviously, uh, you know, it's from the comic. I don't know what James' inspiration was, but, uh, you know, from a visual perspective. Because he doesn't look like a crow. Well, from a visual perspective, I mean, he has that, I mean, he has a Alice Cooper look, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so he's he's got that. I don't know if Alice was a, was a inspiration visually. Well, it's the theatrical. They show it's the, the, the comedy tragedy. Pathos. What's the other one? 
Pages oh, it's, it, yeah. it's comedy tragedy. I can't remember right, what right. the actual Greek word. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. the, the I, you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, you've got the the. I mean, look. Well, Andy's in a rock band too, so it just looks cool. Well, yeah, but he wasn't. He didn't have the makeup on the rock band. Well, no, but they show those masks, the comedy and tragedy masks yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Now, I don't know. I don't know if they're in the comic. I don't know if they ever addressed exactly why you see the masks in the comic. And I, I always here was my hoity-toity. I have an English degree. I think I'm fancy interpretation. You really do think you're fancy. I do. Um, Despite it's that a beard. tragic story, and he puts on the comedy mask. So it's almost setting up the juxtaposition of him sort of, because he's back from the dead, he is laughing in the face of tragedy. It's the whole tears of a clown kind of thing. I'll take uh, that. Only because you said juxtaposition. Yeah, that's a good word. (laughs) And, I mean, that actually made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, obviously it has, you know, huge influence going forward. I mean... Uh, I think you're right. I think uh, Sting. I think the Joker. Uh, yes. I think yeah. I think Ledger's Joker, and, and uh, yeah, yeah, Sting made a career of it. Sting yeah. made a whole career. Yeah. Sting revitalized his career. Yeah, he was done. Sting yeah, is still using it. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. <laughs> well, it was until Seth Rollins ended his career. Yeah. But no, no, even still, like I saw him in like some office commercial or something, and he's oh, really? still dressing yeah. up like yeah. he goes to conventions dressed like. Was that. it was it one of those uh, <laughs> if you if you're having back pain commercials because Kevin Nutt. Kevin Nash has done a ton of those for like back pain clinics. I don't remember what the ad was for, but yeah, uh, I saw him at that monster party. He is huge. Kevin Nash, Nash? Kevin yeah, Nash. yeah, he is gigantic because like, he stood up shit. to shake my hand at the yeah. TNA thing I was yeah. talking about. He is literally. A I don't look like up at a whole lot of people. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But, yeah, because oh you're a fucking gosh. giant. I'm I'm fairly tall. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he's he is a he's large a big man. man. All right, so we're back in uh, Goth headquarters. I noticed Tony Todd. Does he have a little, little, he's got a little blonde streak? Yeah, in there. a little blonde up it's in there. It's the '90s. It's you know he's he's trying to steal Michael Wincott's hair spotlight. <laughs> little frosted tips. Actually, let's talk a little bit about Michael Wincott here. Uh, oh, Mike Gordon actor. mentioned his uh, fantastic hair, but he he has been in tons of movies and is always. Like, he's one of those guys that you sit and you just watch his face. You watch the way he makes words. He's just compelling. Does he ever play a good guy in anything? I Probably have, not. I have, I have he's one of those dudes who always looks like a bad guy. Yeah. Well, he played, like, I've seen him play, you know, like, guys that are on the side of good. But he's always got an element of... Edgy. Yeah, he's yeah. got something going on yeah. with him. Um, and... I just think he's, he, I don't think he works enough. I think he's really solid. And I don't know, like, he disappeared. He was off the grid, at least in my mind, for a while. Mm. So I don't know if, like some other actors, uh, if if that took its toll on him or not, that, this movie, or, you know, just the typical Hollywood stuff or, you know, life or whatever. But in any case, because uh, I always wonder, like, after this, like, why didn't he go on to do really big things? Right. Because I could definitely see, especially in this influx of these big, huge blockbusters where you need a great villain, like dial his number, like don't lose that guy's yeah, number because yeah. he can take a he can take a oh he'd be uh, great in the Marvel movie. well I ordinary think ordinary guy like he could, I'm not really sure this villain to, like if he was playing um uh what's the villain in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy oh or, um. See, we can't even remember. Ronan. Yeah. No, like, yeah. if he was Ronan, like, there yeah. would be depth there. It would have been that over the top. Absolutely. Or if he were uh, the guy in Civil War. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Bimo. 
Baron Zemo. Baron Zemo. 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 Yeah. He, <laughs> he would it. add his Wincottness <laughs> to any role. But you brought up a really good point about uh, you know the the tragedy of Brandon Lee's death on set. You know whether it was by choice or not. Some of these actors. What kind of gun is that? Sorry. The hell kind of gun is that? That is yeah, a motherfucker. Totally. It actually kind of looks like a super soaker. Yeah, um, like a nail gun. And it just soaked that fucking guy. Yeah. Um, whether by choice or not, some of these actors may have had a tough time. Like, I'm sure this movie cast a shadow on their resumes whether they wanted it to or not. Like, do we want the guy that was the big heavy in the movie where Brandon Lee died... Cast in our movie. Yeah. I, he went on. I'm just looking at IMDb right now. He went on to do like right after this, he did Strange Days, which was a pretty oh, yeah. interesting, very stylized. But again, film. that w- that was '96. It was '95. '95. So that was already in the works when. Yeah, this, he like, did Basquiat in '96. Yeah, he kind of didn't really fall off till. Like he was in one thing in nine. He did Alien Resurrection in ninety seven. Oh, that's right. Oh shit, yeah, yes. he was in that because yeah. he has that that scene. Yes. The reason I remember him so well in that is uh, he has the the almost sex scene with the girl with the best ass in Hollywood ever. Yeah, I remember him now. It looks like he did a lot of voice work actually in the mid two thousand. Makes sense because he's got a hell of a voice. That's yeah. why Tony Todd doesn't have his voice in this one because Wincott is <laughs> like. I do that thing. You gotta back off, Todd. Yeah. He also played Ed Gain in the Hitchcock movie. He did. Yeah. That was was the first time I'd seen him in a long time, and I was like, "Wow, he's back!" And now I've seen him in a few things since then. And he'll be in Ghost of the Ghost in the Shell later this year. I don't know what role he's playing, but he. he, I mean, dude, that movie looks great. It looks spot on. Very interested in uh, the marketing has been very smart. So yeah, yeah. Uh, So now we've got the the Crow Vision. Happening, which was not a thing in the comic. Yeah, not so much the the crow mythology in the comic. If I and now mind you, I've not read the comic and I didn't read it like in a while and I didn't read it right before this. But a lot of the mythology in the comic was established by the weird with the sound off. I thought they were getting into a fight. I, yeah, I was, was totally I confused for a second. <laughs> Why did it stop? Like, yeah. I was like, this is some kind of weird orchestrated fight going on, and I was like, oh, this is the fire it up thing. Um, the crow would act as kind of a harbinger for the skull cowboy, if I remember correctly. Now explain the skull cowboy to us. So the skull cowboy. He's not, he's not in it. He was actually shot. Like he was shot for the movie and then they just ended up not including him. Uh, the skull cowboy is kind of the specter of death, um, that actually speaks on behalf of death. Throughout the comic, so yeah, I'm kind of glad they didn't go that direction because I don't want too much. It would have been really convoluted information to fit about into the movie. why he died and came back. And yeah, well, and it's he speaks very cryptically in the comic. You know, okay. it's very much like the That's crow cool. said, "Don't look, boy." The crow said, "Don't look." Yeah. Um. And so yeah, so the crow sort of acts as his bridge between the afterlife, the world of the afterlife, and this world. Okay. It's a little more uh, literal of a connection in the movie. And they left out the whole Skull Cowboy stuff entirely. Um, and like I said, the Skull Cowboy played. It would just be Did like he literally like just have like a skull and a cowboy hat. Yes, that's pretty bad. And a duster, actually. Yeah, yeah. Imagine death, but instead of a robe, he's wearing a duster and a cowboy hat. I'm down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he would explain. And even at Mike, you and I were talking about this in the comic. There are parts where it's drawn and it's super, uh, almost scratchy. You know, like. 
the pen and ink is like really really scratchy. Yeah, it's and interesting. Then the comic, the art style varies based on it's what's happening. Really cool how Obar used like when it's uh, flashback scenes between yeah. Draven and Shelley, it's this really soft, soft painted, almost painted. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and then when he gets into the the main part of the story. Thick, heavy lines, yeah. like dark. Lots of line work, lots of real jagged edges, and a lot of the Skull Cowboy stuff is also really painted. Um, and like they're often riding this train, like that they don't ever explain how he got on the train or where it came from or what the Skull or why a Skull Cowboy rides a train, but he's on a train and he's kind of you know giving him just, just these sort of cryptic messages from beyond the grave, and you never get a full explanation of it. And I totally understand why they left it out because it would have made. This movie already worked well as a supernatural thriller, and to add that in would have been just another layer of complexity that I think most audiences would have been like, I don't understand what the fuck that guy was yeah, talking about. and it, it kind of devalues the crow. Right, exactly. Yeah, so. Well, and because in the movie, the crow becomes such a pivot point yeah, for, yeah. like, capture the crow, weaken the crow, and then he can be killed. Yeah, yeah. That that mythology only exists in the movie. It's not in the comic at all. Um, so... Uh, one thing I really like about this, too, I mean, talking about the crow and how much the crow is used in this and footage of the crow, I mean, animals are not easy to work with. And this no. is the, these are the days, but way before CG, yeah. where you could just have a CG crow. Right. Nowadays, they just go, no problem. We'll just right, have CG right. crows. Right? Yeah. But this is an actual, like, and I think, you know, a lot of the effects here are practical, mm-hmm. and that adds a certain amount of danger and darkness to it as well. It's not as... I mean, I, th- I think we were saying, too, that it's not... I mean, this movie, as dark as it is, as cool as it is and all that, it's not near as dark as the comic. Like, the comic is yeah. a personal uh, uh, account, really. Well, um, yeah, let's... James Obar, let's look like, at that. just yeah. really, like, trying to deal with loss. Yeah, his fiance was killed by a drunk driver. Yeah. Okay, so there is, because I don't know, over the years, like, I've known that there was some personal tragedy involved with the creation of the comic, but I never knew, yeah. I'm just not a guy that digs in that way, especially when it's something that traumatic, even right. though he is putting it out there. Yeah. So what, that that's what the story is? Yeah, his, uh, he, his fiance was killed by a drunk driver, and it sent him into a deep, deep, deep depression. Um, and he was already apparently a fan of bands like Nine Inch Nails and... Uh, right, so he wasn't in the best... Well, he wasn't a fan of Nine Inch Nails in 1981. Well, but. no, but... <laughs> well, apparently he has some connections to bands that Trent Reznor was working with or something, but he was a huge fan of Joy Division and just kind of being... Really influenced the animated series. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, Tim, uh, what's his face, told me? Bruce Tim told Tim me. Tim Burton. Tim Burton told me, too. Um... But, uh, yeah, so heavily influenced by Joy Division and it basically in dealing with the death of his fiance, uh, creating the Crow story, uh, this sort of the whole true love never dies thing was a, a cathartic therapeutic right, sort right. of thing for him. Um, I could see that. I mean, like the whole, you know, uh, getting revenge. I mean, I'm sure he yeah. wanted to get revenge on the person who did that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. exactly. So this is probably the best way he could do that without going to jail. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, he was definitely working through some shit. And again, like we like you said in the comic, the the different art styles definitely reflect sort of the state of mind of what's happening. Yeah, yeah, it's so dark. I mean, I uh, as we were preparing to watch this, I thought, oh, I'll just read the the trade again this week just to familiarize myself with it again. And I had to stop after two chapters because I'm like, this is 
I don't want to go down this road right now. This, God, is, too, God, this is too dark for me. Gothic right now. Mike Gordon could just not. Be <laughs> well, as well, much as much. Yeah, I'm in a tiki place now. That's too right, dark right, for me. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's like I can't take this shit there, man. Oh, tiki man. zombie save me. As, as cool as the movie is, it's it doesn't go through that. It doesn't go to that dark depths. Yeah, there's a lot of dark in the comic. It doesn't get so real. This movie, yeah. though, oh, here comes is... the uh, shot they stole in Daredevil. I've, it's been stolen in a lot of things, yeah, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it I mean, this this because yeah. it's freaking awesome. Also, by the way, it looks really badass. hard to do. <laughs> I'm no, sure you boy. sound like you've known that I from feel personal like experience. well, it's been more than seven years. No, no, no. Probably. I didn't try to do the the crow. This so this actually involves my younger brother. <laughs> my younger brother did this been more than seven years for that as well. My younger brother's uh, when he was in college was a hooligan. Um, who did whatever the hell he wanted and was a college football player in a very small town and could get away with murder. And so he thought what would be fun would be to light his football number on the ground on fire and then climb up a water tower and take a picture of it. Problem is we couldn't get the fire to start, let alone burn long yeah. enough to climb a water. You guys tower. don't understand how gasoline works, right? Like, we were like, we're spraying tons and tons of lighter fluid, and we're oh, like, ah, why? None of it was working. So this is how I know that doing the crow like he did is actually really, really hard if you're not a movie prop person. I like this scene because you know you can see that the mom's kind of reforming herself and. She's yeah. trying. Yeah, she's, she's trying. trying. And, like, the daughter at first is just like, what the hell are you doing? Because she's such a piece of shit. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's kind of cool, and it gives a little resolution to that. The daughter uses her first name. Yeah. yeah. You start making breakfast, yeah. Darla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which knows their disconnect. Yeah. And she doesn't even realize that she doesn't like eggs anymore. Yeah, exactly. This... And then at some point she goes, no, mom. And she, like, calls her mom for the first time. Yeah. And then, uh... This movie is rated R. If... It came out now. I think it would be PG thirteen. Uh, well, I don't know because now we've got Deadpool and Logan. Yeah, but if it, if it came out prior to two thousand sixteen, no, I feel like if there's the Crow remake, I feel like it's going to be PG thirteen, which kind of yeah, yeah, which would so. Uh, and it's it's interesting. Were the sequels PG thirteen? Uh, I think they were all. R. I think they were all. I know. R. Well, two was, no, two was, was two R. Two was it? Okay. Yeah, two I mean, some. they made a pretty PG TV show out of it. Yeah. See, yeah, I never yeah. saw the show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, well, and you had to accept that the show... Well, real real quick, because I do want to talk about the show, yeah. I just want to say that every time I revisit this, I'm surprised at how R it is. Because in my yeah. head, it's a PG-13 movie, because it could have very easily been a PG-13 movie. They, but they a few, did a few not subtle go that way. And they... I mean, they, it is very violent, and the violence is, for the most part, very graphic. Yeah. Uh, they, they have lots, lots of ass... Uh, lots yeah. of titties. Lots of well, not lots of titties. Side titties. Moves, More titties than uh, ice pirates. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, surprisingly, yes. Uh, uh, just surprising. I, so, one of the things I will say, just talking about juxtaposing. Oh, I'll use the word again, but no, it's okay. Comparing, it's contrasting the, uh, the the sequels the to the to the syndicated TV show. I think one of the things that the sequels lost, and this has happened in the in the subsequent comic books that have come out as well. There was so much heavy emotion that went into that first story that he has just never been able, and nobody has ever, in my opinion, been able to capture in the subsequent stories. Like, he created a mythology, but he created it with a very specific purpose in mind. And that mythology has never felt as powerful when applied to other things. And the sequels 
definitely show that. Like, there were some clever ways for the Crow mythology to keep passing to a new person yeah. that never really were all that great. Well, I'd rather them do that than just keep going. No, but I would agree. Yeah. But so what they, somehow with the syndicated show, they managed to keep the Eric Draven story going, but they still kept all the pathos that made this version really, really good. And so you still had the heavy emotional toll. What did you, you do in the show? Was yeah, it like a villain of the, of the week thing? Or? It was kind of the villain of the week yeah. thing. It was at the same time that like Xena and Hercules and all that stuff, it was just syndicated TV. Right. Um, so it wasn't great, but at the same time, they kept the story going where he would just help somebody that was grieving, basically. Yeah, oh, he um, would he would avenge. Yeah, yeah he, he would avenge, avenge wrongful yeah. deaths. And, so. and it was uh, actually, uh, to your yeah. point too, I think they kept... The chemistry was there between um, Mark and, uh, and Mark the Cascos girl was playing that and, the girl was. Yeah. And they sort of had that, continued on with that connection. Yeah, and you got a lot more of Shelly. How many seasons did that last? Not many. I don't even think it was two. Yeah, it wasn't very many. I don't right. know. So we had the television show. Now, did that? what year was the show? Did it come out before the sequel to the movie? I no, no, I would say that was, was the late 90s. It was after the third one, I think, but before yeah. the Furlong one, Yeah, I think. Because the Furlong one ended up going straight to DVD. The Furlong one, oh. I, I... All right, well, real quick... <laughs> so bad. Real quick, the sequel... Uh, I think with Eric. visually, the sequel was great. Yeah. Uh, story-wise, not so much. Acting-wise, not so much. It was, but it's a really nice movie to look at. It's a great yeah. movie to look and at. And it's a like different it. setting. Yeah. So it's in, you know, it's and, in L.A. And the soundtrack's yeah. not no. bad for that either. Yeah, it's a good, yeah. good soundtrack. Was it, set, was it in L.A.? I thought it was... City of Angels. No, yeah. but I thought yeah. it was down in uh, <laughs> Mexico. Because oh. they celebrate the Dio sequel? de los Muertos. No, it's, it's in L.A. Oh, is it? Because okay. it's called the City of Angels. No, I thought they were in a Mexican city. L.A. is the City of Angels. Los Angeles. I mean, the guy had... An accent, but it wasn't. They were celebrating Day yeah, of the they, Dead. Yeah, they, they had Latinos up here as well. One, shut up. Wasn't the third one in, in a, like a Mexican city? I think you the one with, maybe I'm getting The one with Edward Furlong yeah. is, yeah. is, is, it is I think, possibly in Mexico. Is there one with Dennis yeah. Hopper in it? Yes, there is one with Dennis Hopper in it. Isn't that it might be the third is that the third one? That might be the third one. I don't remember the third one at all. The third I think one, the third is long a, one is the fourth one, right? The third one had yeah. yeah the third one had Kirsten Dunst and oh, no. some other and that <laughs> dude that we were talking about who you've seen in a bunch of stuff, but I don't yeah. know him. Um, and he is wrongly convicted and sent to death. Yeah, and gets killed by the electric chair. Like they've had clever, and even in some of the comics, like they went back and had one that was like um, a resurrected Native American. They had a uh, one that was set in like Auschwitz. And it was yeah. Um, I kind of I kind of like the the idea of it passing on through different people instead yeah. of just being always Eric. Well, I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, like yeah. Eric Drake. I feel like once the person's business is done, then they go back to the grave. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I, I think the on, the idea of a singular ongoing crow is is well, it goes into yeah. my idea of yeah. being yeah. a superhero. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, but I I just wanted to say the the one with Edward Furlong and David Boreanaz is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Absolutely, in my life. and I don't know how you're going to take somebody who is a a global sex symbol like David Boreanaz. Yeah. Who I am very comfortable saying is an incredibly attractive man. Yeah, he's a good looking dude. And put him in some baggy, tidy whitey underpants in what's supposed to be a sexy scene. Uh, that, that was the point where I was done with the movie. It wasn't Edward Furlong's execrable acting. It wasn't the terrible story. It was David Boreanaz in saggy, tidy whiteys. 
That's one of the worst sins ever committed to celluloid. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, so apparently the Crow City of Angels was written by David Goyer. Oh, okay. Who I kind of hate for some of his comments about superhero films. Yeah, I'm not So maybe man. that's why I, I there were parts of that movie that I both did like and didn't like. Because he also went on a real plane. Right, it's so. his career is very confusing because he has written some things that I think are awesome. Yeah, and he has written some garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's hit or miss. The problem was is that since he had success with early on with things like The Crow and Blade, and Blade, yeah. that he was Hollywood's go-to guy. They were like, yeah. "Oh, we have a comic uh, book. So with we have a comic book property. Who's the comic book writer? Oh, it's David." With Blade. those, he probably had some oversight. But with everything else, like he was the guy, so he probably had carte blanche well, to turn out think, whatever you know, garbage he wanted. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a one-note guy that's been, you know, cast to be the guy for a lot of other properties, and it's like, no, no, just because you can write Blade really cool doesn't, doesn't mean, mean that you have everything. any business handling Superman. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could go down a whole like and just reading the trivia on the sequel, and that would be a whole other podcast. Yeah, so that would, yeah. I, will, I, will, I, will I mean, I suggest if you haven't seen it to watch the sequel. I think it's fun. You should watch it. Form your own opinion. You son of a bitch. <laughs> It has a good soundtrack. It also has a good soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There were a few Go movies ahead. that came out around this time. I feel like the Crow soundtrack, obviously, definitely a big standout. We covered that. What? And Gorge is calling you out. He's like, we already covered that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about other soundtracks. He put his phone down. He doesn't have anything to look up now, so he's confused. <laughs> no, I'm talking about other soundtracks. So you had this one, the other, the sequel, uh, Cool World was another movie that came out around the same time. Oh my gosh, you would totally be the Crow's nemesis in the superhero scenario because, like, you'd be fighting him and he'd go, and you'd be like, oh, I don't, what you, oh, Every time he'd uh, oh my gosh, it's I so hate perfect. so bad. <laughs> What's uh, if you drink every time I say I hate these sons of bitches? Oh, you, you guys, listeners do not do that. No. We cannot be held responsible <laughs> for <laughs> your. <laughs> is it, this is Throwco This is Throwco Call. Or is this uh, Machines of Loving? No, this is Throwco Call, the badass uh, club scene. Is that actually them on the stage? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. actually them. I, yeah, I couldn't remember. Um. Which I know them from the Cool World soundtrack. This, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, this and the big club scene from Bad Boys are oh. two really fun, like live band playing, looks like a club scene. What about so, yeah, the one you were in? in well, it looks like uh, I was not actually in it, so I can't, uh, I can't reference that. <laughs> uh, there's also. The, uh, the scene with Rompson playing in the first Triple X. Mm, yeah. I'm not a fan of that movie, really, but I do love that Ryan scene. Ryan I like the movie. Of Triple X. Yeah. Don't like the band. Uh, not a fan of Rammstein. Yeah, but that scene's awesome. They're they, on fire. And, they helped yes. me get through German in cool. college. I, I, I believe like that. I like some Listening to the music before I took German, like before I, on my way to class, helped set my mind so that I could code switch into German. Okay, now here's the one line, is Ranger, line. that you were permitted to say along with the movie. Which one is this? Uh, I feel with, like a really... You uh, can, well, go for it, Ryan. <laughs> go for it. I feel it. like a really big face on a really tiny hook. No, that's a, not it at all. No? What no, a it's a box! Yeah, really small worm on Screwed up! Oh, that's right. Really the quote from your favorite movie of all time. Birds. Really big oh fucking gosh, it is. It's the after effects of the... Caw-caw! 
I, I, my brain doesn't. I like. Fully made it back yet. I, I like. I love the, the follow up to that though, where he's like, "Your parents must be so proud." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's I, what really sells it. I like the diversity <laughs> of the crime lords. Yeah, there. Everyone uh, is represented. There's a guy with a beret, and she's got something on her. Uh, the guy with the beret looks like who was the Joe Piscopo? The that's an Okabee show. Oh, yeah. Piscopo, wow. <laughs> there's, a, there's a black guy, there's a very clearly Italian guy, there's an Asian guy. Oh, that's not there. how gangs work. The, the, yeah. Well, they're all the different gang leaders. Right, yeah. Like, he's, it's the Yakuza. He's, top, he's Dollar Bill, so right. he's gathered the them all together. I think there's even a guy with a yarmulke. The, uh, I think you're right. Guy of all. That Cholo, yeah, Cholo, right there with yeah. his weird, like half slicked back, half crazy curly going on. This He's is like, a, let's talk about this crow, Holmes. Yeah, this is right out of the comic. <laughs> what are you, Ranger? <laughs> Just because the guy's on the screen. Sorry, I had Taco Bell today. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. There we go. Uh, oh, and Tony Todd still looking very non Tony Toddy. <laughs> Make it funny. Uh, what, what nationality is the beret? Sorry. Is, that Fra- is he a French gangster? Yeah, French, French, French gangster. We must give this crow. <laughs> I will call. I am furious. <laughs> he calls the Inspector Crusoe. Isn't Pink Panther French? I got nothing. You're French. You're... Yeah, there it is. Right That's now. it right there. Yeah. Gosh, that guy is just just looking at him. Act is great, and let's yeah. not o- overlook uh, whichever scumbag that is that said. I feel like a, a skank. little worm skank. Yeah. Skank. Then talk about proper casting. He has another good line come up where he's like, "He looks pretty greasy." I'm not skank. Skank dead. Skank over there. I love this <laughs> scene. Brandon. Uh, Brandon yes. is so confident. I mean, yeah. the way he just walks up and. Owns the room. Yeah. yeah, it's just so badass. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about like top ten badass scenes in a movie, yeah, like this guy, and he jumps on the table and sits Indian style. Yeah, yeah. he's like, just like, hey guys, this well, is because he's little, in, he's invincible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. I'm gonna go to the uh, upper, the upper reaches of the Phantom Zone and check out our meal plans. You guys keep this thing going for a couple of minutes. Okay. Awesome. So I should just start quoting the movie now. Let's yes. talk about how, how crazy you would like to just. Now. Go along. Now, well, now it's just shooting like, guns. What so I was like, like, bang, bang, bang. bang, bang. For Ranger, you do all of the Crows dialogue, and Mike and Ryan, you guys just make up whatever scene you want. <laughs> yeah, because I don't have it memorized. I actually yeah, can't like, do that. Yeah. I can't do it without, like, it's one of those things I gotta hear it. Oh, oh man, Beret just got shot in the head. Beret just got that guy fell down. In the head. Is that Jackie Chan? It's not. It's not Jackie Chan. Okay. Um, not all Asian people look the same, you racist. Uh, a lot of this scene is very, very similar. It's going dark all of a sudden. It got really dark. We're watching The Crow. It's supposed to go Thanks, dark. Thanks, Sean. I know. I just threw Ryan under the bus. He'll get back to the podcast when he gets out from under it. Um, this is, uh, I will say, this is the scene, though, that I think typically, we talked about this before, this is a scene where typically people think that Brandon got killed. Yeah, because there's, there's so, so much many gun, people shooting yeah, at Yeah, there's so much gunplay. You think, wow, just one of these props must have been mistakenly loaded. Yeah. Um, but, uh, nope. And, well, I mean, this scene what, was from, done fine. From what I understand, I mean, they use, they use real guns with blanks, right? Check out that guy's yeah. pajama bottoms. 
Because that guy gives zero fucks. Um, but yeah, everybody's <laughs> shooting at him right I'm now. I'm going to a big so. crime boss meeting, and I'm like, I'm going to wear polka dot pajama bottoms. Yeah. Uh, he's the pajama criminal. But yeah, oddly <laughs> enough, that this is not where it happened. Well, and one of the did things... Did he do his own stunts? I mean, I know I, he was very athletic. I think he did. But he did, I mean, yeah, I think he did some of them. I, I, I From what I understand, he did most of them. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah, that was like a big thing with him. You know, he like he did the, the all the fighting and choreography and all that stuff. Well, and I remember, uh, I remember reading like an interview that came out after he passed away, and like one of the reasons he wanted to do this role is to break out from the action hero star because he had yeah. done two sort of buddy cop. You know, yeah, and he did some cheesy, yeah, and he did yeah. some cheesy action movies. I remember one when I was a kid, and it was called like Laser Double Impact or something. There's like something that, that was yeah. like Laser Warrior or something. I was like, it was like the most eighties ass, like yeah, it was awesome. But and yeah. he was like, he didn't want to end up just stereotyped as the Asian action hero that his father was. Right? Yeah. Uh, now I say that I'm not saying that the Bruce Lee was stereotyped because Bruce Lee created that archetype. Right. Yeah. But he wanted to kind of break out. He wanted to do more dramatic roles, and I give. A lot of credit because in this scene, this could have turned into just a bunch of kung fu fighting, and it's really not. Like he does a lot of different fight styles. He's got. But if you look right now, everybody was kung fu fighting. Oh my god! (laughs) Stop that. Um, To your point, John, he's really good. Like, yeah, he's not just in there to to bust heads and, and look good with a gun. I mean, he adds certain facial elements. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, he's about to, to... He's, like, seconds away from dancing off frame. You know, he... he His physical... Um, the, what yeah. he brings to it, like, the physical characteristics that yeah. he brings to this part is just, like, he... Watching this... I mean, I knew what had happened when I'd seen this, right? right yeah. yeah. So it was, it was a double tragedy. But watching this, I was thinking to myself, like... That guy, if I didn't, if you, if I, if you, if he hadn't died, I would have been like, this guy is going to go on to be. He's going to go. He's going to do everything. Yeah, yeah. And well, and encapsulating that perfectly, the very end when the cops all come in and he does the Bugs Bunny shuffle off. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, it's he such was, a brilliant. He was funny. Movie. He was confident. He yeah. was a great. He was great at you know like action and fighting and everything. Um, yeah, it, but if you look at the movies he was in before it, it's like. Uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo, Rapid Fire, yes, Laser, rapid mi- fire laser Mission. Laser Mitten? Those are neat. Laser Mission. Laser Which mission. is the one I saw when I was laser a kid. Laser Mitten? Is that what you thought? Mission, <laughs> Laser Mission. I thought he said Laser Mittens, and I now want Laser Mittens. I would have this. Right. Um, Legacy of Rage. So it's like a bunch of, like, you know, cheesy, yeah. direct-to-DVD. Or, right. well, They're selling his video. dad's name. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. using him. The son of Bruce Lee. Yeah, exactly. It's, they want, he doesn't have his own They want to put that on the video box. Yeah, so people yeah. Go, oh, I gotta check that out. Yeah. And, and this, that big fight scene, while the gangs could have very easily been a Steven Seagal, Aikido, walk through and yep. just beat everybody up. But he's like, he's interacting, he's all over the room. He's, he's doing on the table, stuff. under the table, yeah. he's fighting with swords, he's, he's shooting, he's human shields, he's running and jumps off a building, and, and Ernie Hudson. I keep wanting to say Ernie Reyes. He never at any point comes off as like cheesy action movie guy. This. Never. Ever. never. Well, he never has like cheesy one-liners or any bullshit. But he's got plenty of one-liners. But they're, but they're good, though. But like, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're not really, like... You know, he completely sells them. I mean, the difference is, I mean, granted, the scripts are a little different, too, but when you look at there's been other guys that have played the crow, like, right? Yeah, play, yeah. put on the makeup, right? Yeah. And yet, you look at them, and they don't 
they don't do near the job that he does. Right. Yeah. Even, I mean, Mark DeCastos did a good job. Very good. And it was good casting because, yep. again, it's a guy that got his start doing action films. Well, he was, yes, he's very, yeah, he's very athletic, very, yeah. um, very much in the martial arts. Exactly. And, um, but did that, and that really wasn't like a martial arts syndicated TV show. Right. It's not like you watch that, like, there was more martial arts than Power Rangers. <laughs> Than there was, you know, in the grow. So, um, so I do think, yeah. I mean, and in in some ways, I mean, it's so tragic that it happened. But uh, if, forgive me for saying so, but if it was going to happen, at least it happened when he was doing a great movie. Yeah, I guess. Like, at yeah. least we have this great performance to remember by. Yeah, by because, yeah. Because if he had just been doing like you know laser missions, laser too. missions, like and then laser died during that, it's like, it's like that was a really intelligent conversation. This isn't what I asked for. <laughs> <laughs> that would have that would have really sucked. We're talking about a movie called Laser Mission that Brandon Lee is in. So it's not intelligent. Yeah, I like that these. Uh, or kind of the Ben Cooper looking Halloween costume. Oh yeah, yeah. old school. And I feel like that that whole scene could have been lifted right out of the, the the comic. Yeah, I almost feel like that Draven walking with the bird on his shoulder with a, a view from above was in the comic. Yeah, and then I think the kids running past him on Halloween, not being scared of him because it's Halloween. And so well, he just looks like. Let's talk about how he impacted Halloween. I mean, like forever, everyone oh was just like the crow. Uh, I yeah. mean, always. How, let's talk about how he, like, for men, almost invented cosplay. Yeah, like, yeah. like yeah. I don't remember seeing guys dressed up near as much at conventions until after the crow came out, and all of a sudden there's like, like every dude is dressed crow. Crow. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been interesting going to Dragon Con because the crow is one of those things that. It was a big movie. It got a lot of attention, but it was never, I wouldn't consider it a blockbuster. So it was one of those things that for years I was always really excited when I would meet somebody else who said they really liked the movie The Crow. I'm like, oh, we have this thing in common. Um, and See, then, like, I, I, every single one of my friends happened to like The Crow. I mean, like, I don't know if well, it's just the, well, I, I hung out with the goth people. kids. Right. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, after high school I was hanging out with cheerleaders. Like, I was the complete freak of nature because I liked The Crow, so... They're like, you like that weird stuff. Like, Whatever. <laughs> well, it definitely was. I mean, I don't know if it's if it's a cult classic because it's really more well known than that. Right. Exactly. But it definitely no. is not. You're right. It's not a huge blockbuster. It's not an Avengers. It's not a Batman. It's right. A, you know, it's a movie that I think a lot of people are familiar with. Some people might be more familiar with it because of what happened right. rather than the yeah. actual movie. Um, you think that helped or hurt the movie? <sighs> I think it hurt it. Yeah. yeah, I think it probably I think hurt it hurt it, it because done. it didn't uh, it didn't really like. Yeah, it got some attention from it, but I honestly Not good think attention. like for me and the way that I am, it was like, well, this is a thing that happened, and uh, you know, whatever. I, I'm still going to watch this movie, but I think a lot of people aren't necessarily like that. They're like, oh, somebody died while that movie was being made. I, I don't even want to. I don't want to deal with yeah, that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is understandable. Uh, uh, but, but I mean, I don't. I think you know, looking at what happened with Keith, uh, Heath Ledger, I think that did help. Like that movie. I yeah, that, that yeah, added, you're right. That, that, yeah, added, way. that movie, like an added sort of like, oh, I need to go watch his last performance. Yeah, well, it's he interesting. Just, but he didn't die on the set, right? right? That's true. So I think well, that's the like when you die during the filming, like suddenly that puts a stigma on the movie. Well, and additionally, yeah. Heath Ledger was more of a known element 
than Brandon Lee was. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Because Brandon Lee, I mean, when this was filmed, nobody really knew who Brandon Lee was. No, he was barely in anything. Yeah. 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 Whereas Heath Ledger had been in very high-profile roles, yeah. you know, up to that point. Yeah. Which was part of the reason why people didn't like him for Joker. Yeah. Right. Was because of the roles he they had They were like, like, I can't like, see him playing the Joker. <laughs> right. So that there, there was, there was definitely a, a different... And also, between The Crow and The Dark Knight... I think we had had some more high-profile celebrity deaths, and that we were maybe a little more numbed to it. Yeah, by then, the crow in a church. Yeah, um, it's I mean, got like all the God. Sorry, visually, like it's like this is all like God, 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 God. Yeah, yeah. You're oh, ahead like literal God. and like literal and cultural. Yes, like, yes. It's the actual literal Gothic architecture. Yeah. There's Tony Todd with a sniper rifle. Killing a bird, and I then just feel like you should have a hook or something with a sword, and then Top Dollar yeah. coming out with a katana. Nice, <laughs> as one does. Because you know what you need: bang, bang, bang cop, fuck, I'm dead. Yeah, that's a great line. That's a great line. I'll put a dollar in the jar for saying that one. <laughs> and and for you know, it is established though that he's got all these weird knives and swords and all this other nonsense because uh-huh. he they had the whole shot where he opens up that cabinet yeah. and has his intricately arrayed sword collection. Although I gotta say, out of everything, why the katana? Why wouldn't you bring the sword with like the crazy jagged bullshit and the scimitar? And he had like a fencing sword that he stabbed the one guy through the neck with. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, they established his affinity for swords. Or or bring a pike. And then he has the sword, but he still shoots him. Yeah, (laughs) You're right. Does he have that weird made-up gun still? I think so. Probably, yeah. Which is another great actual line and a face from Brandon Lee. Because he gets shot and he's like getting ready to laugh it off and realizes, oh, that's not healing. And he goes, oh, fuck. Yeah. And then makes a face and falls down. You're like, that's so brilliant. Yeah. Actually. No, yeah. So brilliant. Well, yeah, like when, uh, when Ernie is talking to him and he's like explaining that he can't heal, I mean, that whole scene is amazing. The dialogue is incredible. And he's like, you know, no longer like, Super confident, look at me, I'm badass guy. He's like, oh no, like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get, die. I'm gonna get fucked up. Yeah, I'm about to die, but you know. But we're gonna complete this mission. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course. And Ernie Hudson's getting some great action stuff going on here. Yeah. Like, I, I'm digging his, uh, cause he didn't really, you know, his Winston, which is kinda all we know him for at this point, even though he was in other movies. Right. He's Winston Zedmore forever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he didn't have a ton to do in either of the Ghostbusters movies, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he, he gets get to... get covers? It, oh, oh, gosh, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, the action figures he's always solicited last. Yeah. Ugh. It's a little ridiculous. It is. Uh, yeah, well, and it's in the... Maybe we'll do a Ghostbusters 2 commentary and we can discuss all of that. Yeah. Uh, this is great where... I, I love his acceptance of this whole crow situation. Like they didn't, they didn't belabor. Like when they had the conversation in the apartment, yeah, he's just kind of like, "Well, I know you're this dude. I know you were dead. So, so let's something happen. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here going, I don't get it. Yeah. yeah, they just accept the rules of the world. Right, <laughs> right. Even right. now he's, he's like, like, I thought you were invincible. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. He's like. All right. Well, just okay. We'll just keep going. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. still, I just still prefer you getting shot over yeah. me getting shot. So <laughs> bailing, let's go. Freaks me out. 
Yeah, yeah, let's I talk about her. Right. Let's we talk have about not her talked hat. about Veiling during this. I don't know. She looks. It's like a cosmonaut. Now she's a legit fruitcake, right? Yeah, like, she's, yeah. A, she's insane. She thinks like, she's all from the moon. She's yeah, she's crazy. Yeah, yeah she. she this is this is the toned down version. This character is a toned down version. Any <laughs> role, like, role she's in now, like she basically just yells and flops around, drunk and on drugs. And she was on Celebrity Rehab on VH1. Yeah. Oh, so really? That yeah. should tell you everything you need. To yeah, know. that's about all you need to know, really. Yeah. Was she? She was in a Star Wars movie. What? Was no. she? Was she? There, I thought there were rumors that she was going to be one, and she was cast or something. My. I don't know about that. I feel that that sounds right. Sounds scary. I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like she, like just a minor character, not anything major, but I feel like she did show up or something in one. Hmm. I have uh, the McFarlane Crow figure. As do oh, I. I've got two. I've wanted one. Of how do you not have minute, one? There are it's they were there, at right? mass yeah. market retail. Yeah, like, you, had, you have two of the same ones, or did they came out with a, like? Well, a they price? did one that was just the blister carded movie maniac one. I think and that's then I they did the one in the fish tank. Oh, oh remember yeah. those fish they tanks? Had the, that the guitar and everything with yeah, the, like on the rooftop. It's well, he's in the room with the window. Okay, him. all right. I know. I remember seeing that one in the store. Though I have the the regular one with yeah, me too. The car behind. Yeah, things got weird in college. I, I don't that's what happens when you paint Brandon <laughs> over your bed. Now, your friend and mine, Wayne Walter, was actually a very convincing crow for Halloween. I can see that. Um, well, being a shares, similar uh, right. descent. Origins. As, yes, also being st- Cockanese. You still see them. I mean, it's a classic. It's it's one of those classic costumes now. That, and that, you know what's funny? The, with all the Deadpools out there and all yeah. the Harleys... You'll still see, you know, a crow. And most guys don't sleep in their makeup, so their makeup looks really bad. <laughs> yeah. And it starts running down their face. When there's no, yeah, well, there's no real art. Your makeup would start running down your face. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's but be that being said, they, have, they probably have really, I'm guessing they have really high quality shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, it's got to be pretty tough, though, as a costume. And just even looking at the wardrobe here, I mean, yes, I mean, even though the makeup, he might have been... Sleeping in or whatever, but I mean, he had to be taped into that shirt every day, right? Because that's yeah. real duct tape. Yeah, yeah. Look, I it's not that hard to tuck in. Speaking from experience, it's not that hard to tuck tape yourself. No, I to tuck yourself. Duct tape yourself. I got. What are you dressing up as? I got tongue tied saying duct tape. Tuck tape. Tuck tape. God, I hate you guys. Where do you go to buy tuck tape? You have to go to Midtown for that? Yes. <laughs> There's a joke here. Uh, I'm not going to make it. You're it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh, let's, let's you're not, all horrible people. Let's not undercut the seriousness of this scene. Shelly's hanging off a ledge. Uh, Eric's in bad, bad trouble here because his crow powers are gone. Yeah. Uh, although the crow is not dead. No. It's just hurt. Yeah, and he's, this is he's, he's he's pining for the fjords. Yeah, <laughs> and this is so uh, hero's journey one hundred and one right here because it's this the hero crow has of, ceased to be. <laughs> <laughs> this is a dead crow. <laughs> he's about to crow up. Uh, oh my god! See, that's what I'm talking about. That kind of badass knife that you you buy from like a head shop. We're gonna have a crow down. <laughs> yes. Now you just quoted Dale Jepson. You win. Game. You win, sir. Oh, 
And he develops this new power where he can not only take memories, but he can give them. Well, it makes sense, though, because he took them from the cop. And yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. mean, that's... It's not know, illogical. W- within the world of this movie, I'm fine with it. And, and this, I love this. This visual is awesome. Yeah, Where he gets so impaled good. on the gargoyle. Through the, the mouth gargoyle. and... and yeah. Right. Boy, does Michael Wincott have a lot of blood in his body. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's, like, one of those, like, vampire dudes who thinks he's a vampire and drinks people's blood. <laughs> pretty sure. Pro- that sounds he's about right. He's bathing in blood. Yeah. Always. I, could, I could believe that. Yeah, so he's got a gut full of My blood. mother was Madame Bathory. Sarah's hair is so 90s. Yeah, I had, well, I had that same haircut. Yeah, I, I did too. <laughs> I totally did. The Hesher did. Well, no, I take it back. I did not have the little braided part with the beads <laughs> in it. You mean you didn't? I didn't have that going on. You didn't have the pad one braid. But I had the, yeah, yeah, I didn't have that. But <laughs> I had the, the Hesher, like, shaved up over the ears. I totally had that going yeah. on for, for years. And well, I had the full and undercut copy the, of Mike Patton. The problem with that is when you first do it, you lose a lot of your hair length and so your hair goes from being shoulder length yeah. to like halfway down the ear length <laughs> and you look like an idiot for a while. <laughs> Until you can have a ponytail. Right. Which braid. which let me just tell you, uh young me had a pony as soon as I had two and a half inches of hair to put up Yeah. I had it up. It was it was bad. It was I, bad times. I, I had an undercut where I would put it up in the samurai top knot. Ra- oh no! I was, I was getting ready to say Rangers not the only lame idiot in this room, but you just keep out laming me. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to make Phil better. He was like, I I was. Give him a, "Oh, I hope all you guys get hit out by lame. a bus." I don't actually hope you get hit by a bus, but no. I mean, it would, like, I hope you lose in the. What Rumble is the game? difference? Between uh, that well, that's game. likely. I've never won the Rumble game, which is which is good because I provide the prizes. So that would be kind of <laughs> stupid. What yeah. were you saying, Ryan? No, so what's the difference between the uh, the top knot and the man butt? That's uh, a good question. Well, the man butt is doubled back down. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But the top knot is just straight up ponytail, but on the top. I, of the I didn't head. have enough hair uh, to turn into a bun. So it was but he would have if he had. Yeah. I, I mean, he would have invented the man bun. I mean, I, I was a ballet dancer at the time. Can, if so. you take a look at those jeans, you can tell he's all about the man bun. Uh, it's played out now. <laughs> no, it's not. It never will be. <laughs> uh, Shoot out by Edward James Hudson almost, seems right? like is that what we call him? Edward James almost, almost, almost yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eric Hudson seems like such a nice dude. Like, he seems like he'd be cool as shit. He's, he was like. at uh, I want to say he was at one of the Days of the Dead because I've met him. I can't remember where it oh, was. Really? And he, nice. is, he, he was. Huh? Has he been a dragon? Oh shit! You yeah, know yeah. I saw him at one of the Days of the Dead. And okay. Yeah, he, I didn't meet him, but he, yeah, he was like smiling, signing autographs, having a good time. Yeah, he was. I, I think like it was nice one guy. of the first two Days of the Dead. Yeah. He was there, and yeah, Maybe the he second was one, super I nice. The first one. And now we finally get our our resolution where. He, you know, rather than continuing on as superhero, the crow, right? He's ah! he's back with his lady. Eric and, uh, Eric and Shelley are reunited. I think I called the little girl Shelley a couple of times in the movie. What's the little girl's Sarah. name? Sarah. Sarah. She just looks like a Shelley. Um. But yeah, there. You know, we we get our closure. This is it. This should have been the end of the crow movie story. It should. Yeah. 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 It really uh, totally. Uh, but, or of Eric Draven's story. Eric Draven's story. 
uh, and yeah, unfortunately, the, the, the links to this version in the sequel actually hurt the sequel more than they helped it. Um, I agree. Yeah, it should have had nothing to do at with the it. time because I was like, oh, it's kind of cool that we're seeing what happened to her. But you're right; it would yeah. have been better to have a clean slate. Yeah. Yeah, and it would have been better to have that crow really fully go into the whole Day of the Dead Sugar Skull thing. And so if you're going to do that kind of makeup, um, do the more Mexican-inspired makeup, uh, which they oh, do yeah, yeah. and stuff. Like, instead of just like, yeah, that's a good call. giving him the exact same makeup as Eric Draven, like, yeah. just go all in on that. I, and, I, and that's one of the things that, like, that introduced me to Dia de los Muertos, and I love that stuff. I love that style. That introduced you to what was that again? De, Dio de los Muertos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I took German in uh, college. And I, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, how, what about a German crow? Das Crow. <laughs> no, it's die Krea. Oh, wow, you oh, know yeah. that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I would like to shoot on whatever budget we have available uh, to those of us in the room right now a version of the German crow with Red Ranger as the crow as Das Crayon. It's been declared. Das Crayon. Uh, D. 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 What Das? Dirty Das. Masculine, feminine, neuter. What is the f- dare is feminine? Dare is masculine. D dare is, is masculine. Feminine. D is das feminine. Is okay, because everything in Germany has a sex, regardless of whether it does. Everything or not. in every language except for English has a gender. It's because everybody's crazy. It's <laughs> because we're better. That's exactly right. <laughs> so we don't need gender in America. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, not anymore. We don't. We're progressive. But, yeah. Uh, so that's it for the crow. We're in the credits now, and I don't know. What, what do you guys? What is the lasting impact of this movie? I know we all know <laughs> we all know that it had a big influence on the animated series. Yeah, uh, Mike. What it, when I? Because you were very excited when I said we were going to do a commentary for the crow. You immediately said, "Oh, I'd like to get in on that." Absolutely. It is one of my favorite movies, and it's a it's it's not as dark a tale as the comic. So it, it's something that you can entertainingly watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got darkness to it, both on screen and off. So it, it's, you know, there's a, uh, it's sort of like a, a double-edged sword. It's like, it's, it's a really good, it's a really good movie. Uh, it's a simple movie, but it does what it does really well. Like, it doesn't overcomplicate things. Uh, the plot's pretty straightforward. As a matter of fact, you know, it pretty much tells you what's going to happen right in the beginning when she tells you what the crow does and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I know this how this is going to play out. And it does. Um, and But I think visually, it's stunning. The music is great. The performances are, are amazing. Um, it, it's, it's too bad we couldn't have gotten more from... From Brandon in particular, right? Yeah. Um, so it's a little bittersweet, yeah. uh, but overall, I think it's it's a it's a testament to him that it is an amazing movie. I mean, as we mentioned before, if he had you know unfortunately lost his life during making one of those you know like laser mitten movies or whatever, it would have been like laser, mi- <laughs> laser mission, and I saw it I think on laser disc, and it was awesome. Okay, <laughs> take your word. So, for it. No, no offense to that, uh, but I'm glad that he was able to do this movie. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I I think as far as adaptations go, it was very successful. It, it did what good adapta- adaptations do is it got the spirit of the original material down and kind of uh, 
it, it was condensed. Right. It made it more palatable. Yeah. Well, and they, the original story in the comic does not translate directly to film. Like, there's yeah. no way that you could do a painting. No, it, it jumps around so much, and it's, it's, it's all that poetry. Nobody's going to sit in a movie theater and read fucking pages <laughs> of poetry. <laughs> well, I might, but... Uh, but but they 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 made the right they made the story match the art form to take advantage of what the art form could do. There are obviously things you can do in the movie that you can't do on a printed page, and so each story fits the form in which it was delivered. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and I think so, it, I think it gets overlooked when you talk about great comic book uh, movies. You know, yeah, like I think yeah, that absolutely. it gets overlooked. I actually credit this movie it's a solid then, adaption. Yeah, uh, this this movie and then reading that graphic novel or the trade when it came out, uh, actually is what helped broaden my perspective on comic books. Like, I knew about the Teenage Mutant Ninja here, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other hero comics. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles were the British version. <laughs> yes. Because they couldn't call them ninjas. This is a fact. No, this, this is actually for real. This they can't a, a call them ninjas. Yeah. Um, uh, so in I, Britain. I knew about indie comics to an extent, but everything I knew was still hero comics. So the crow was the first right, right, right. non-superhero yeah. comic. Yeah. That I was like, oh, these are really there are other people. Other stories can things. be told in this medium. Yeah, there are really interesting things that are happening in this medium and with this art form. Well, and since the dogs are obviously telling us it's time to wrap this thing up, uh, Ryan, last thoughts on the crow? Uh, I think it's a great movie. I think uh, it's it's one that, like you said, you can watch over and over again, and it's it never gets old. It's it's a solid movie. Fun. Brandon Lee is fantastic. I wish we could see more. Um, and like I said, I think it gets overlooked as far as comic book adaptions go. I think that it's really solid. Yeah, I think, I think it's in the top right. ten or top five uh, comic book adaptions. Oh yeah, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think you've got a point there with the fact that it does get overlooked is because it kind of transcended being a comic book adaptation. Yeah, people don't think of it. Partially because of the quality, uh, but also partially because of what happened with Brandon Lee. Like yeah. that's you can't bring up the crow without people thinking of that. And, Sadly, and it, yeah. you know that it's just is, comic book adaptation is like the fourth thing on the list people think of when they think of this movie. Right. And yeah. this was before comic book adaptations were a thing. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. They were were a genre unto themselves. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that is all we've got to say about The Crow as we go out on darkness from Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed listening to that as much as we enjoyed recording it. And since we did completely run out of time, I didn't have a chance to go around and let everybody put over their stuff. So I'm going to do it now. Go to facebook.com slash casket creatures to find out all of the tour dates, what they're up to, and follow along uh, in their photo diaries of their day-to-day lives. I'm just kidding. They don't do a photo diary of their day-to-day lives, although they should. And you should also check out uh, Ryan and Derek's Horror Hour, which used to go by another name but is still a great podcast check that out go to newlegendproductions.com for everything that mike gordon is up to and also check out esopodcast.com and uh you can google rad rangers radical radcast and figure that out for yourself Uh, and you know it's a fun show when he manages to put one up so anyway Thank you guys uh, for listening to the show. You know the ways to support it. Supportphantom.com and the Amazon box on needlessthingssite.com. 
We'll be back next week, the week after that, and every week for the foreseeable future to keep you guys filled in on every event that's happening in Dorkery. Uh, that's not true. I don't cover every event at all, but we, we talk about the stuff that interests us. If there is a movie that you would like to hear us do a needless commentary on, please email me at phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com. Contact the Needless Things Podcast Facebook page and join up over there. Or just send me a message. Uh, that's Elfantasmus with a PH on Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, we'd love to watch maybe something that we haven't watched before. I, I think we have more fun when some of the guys haven't seen a movie. Imagine if none of us had seen it. All right. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things Podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vic's employee. And of course, it's at needlessthingssite.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh.